campaign rally in New Hampshire this week, Donald Trump actually whined about the fact that he had to follow the laws of this country after losing the 2020, uh, 2020, excuse me, election. I'm getting a little ahead of myself saying he's going to lose 2024, but he lost the 2020 election. And by golly, he was furious that he was supposed to follow the laws of this country, even though according to the indictments against him, he did not follow the laws of this country. Here is what Donald Trump told his supporters in the cold in New Hampshire this week. When I left, which was ridiculous that we had to leave, we have to follow the laws of our land, but what a ridiculous. And then he stopped. He then switched the subject, trying to talk about election fraud and all those things that are completely inaccurate, but he stopped himself. At that point, I do believe it kind of registered in Donald Trump's head that, wait a minute, I probably shouldn't be saying these things. I mean, I think for the first time ever, Donald Trump had a rare moment of clarity when he realized, you know what? Saying this, saying that it was ridiculous that I had to follow the laws of our country, probably something that's going to come back to bite me because I've got a lot of criminal trials coming up. I shouldn't whine about having to, you know, follow the law. And as I said, he didn't follow the law. And that's why he's facing 91 felony counts right now. 91 felony charges, at least four criminal trials. There could be more coming up. We've got the ongoing investigation in Michigan. We've got Arizona, you know, a lot of other states kind of look like they might be on the verge of charging Donald Trump, Wisconsin, another one. So we've got all of his former lawyers that are cooperating in those investigations. We've seen evidence where they basically throw Donald Trump under the bus. So the 91 may just be the starting point and it's all because you did not follow the law after the 2020 election. But as I said, Donald Trump continued and he still alluded to how ridiculous it was that he had to leave the white house. He said, isn't it amazing? They don't investigate the people that cheated in the election. They investigate the people that understand they cheated and go after them, but they don't investigate the people who cheated. We have to have fair and free elections. Actually, bud, they are investigating the people who cheated. It's just, you're not happy that you're the guy <laughs> that tried to cheat. You tried to have these state governments certify fake electors. And we all know the scheme, all of the, you know, dirty laundry is coming out. We know that your campaign was directly involved in this. That is cheating. That is cheating. Your own department of justice told you there was no election fraud, at least not at the level that it would overturn the election results. The people, the two groups that you paid millions of dollars to, to go out there and find fraud all came back and said the exact same thing. Your competent lawyers on your team, you know, not Rudy Giuliani, not Sidney Powell, definitely not Kenneth Chesbro or uh, John Eastman, but the other competent attorneys told you that what you're doing isn't exactly legal. You're the one who attempted to cheat. Luckily for the country, you just did it with the most incompetent people we could ever imagine. And you weren't successful with it. Had you had good people, smart people, competent people, 
trying to pull off this scheme, you may have gotten away with it. Like that's, what's so terrifying about it. And I think that's something that people forget about all the time. Donald Trump picked a gaggle of wackos and freaks to help him overturn the election results. If he could have convinced a couple, you know, good lawyers to help him do this, competent people to talk to these, uh, you know, state uh, level parties to, to send the fake electors, he may have pulled it off. But thank God he didn't. He got busted. And that's why he's so mad about it today. Alina Haba is proving in real time as she defends Donald Trump and the ongoing defamation trial uh, from E.J. Carroll. Alina Haba is proving to us that she might actually be one of, if not the most incompetent practicing lawyer in the United States. Now, I already talked about all the horrible things that she did on day one, right? Immediately ignoring the judge's orders. He had to stop her multiple times. But on days two and three, so yesterday and Wednesday, the judge ended up multiple times having to basically yell at Alina Haba for breaking the rules. I mean, at one point, even for mispronouncing words, because she just couldn't even speak. He actually on Thursday, this was pretty interesting. She was trying to ask a question of E. Jean Carroll, who was on the stand and she just couldn't get her words out. So the judge actually had to jump in and say, you're not making this clear. Do you mind if I actually just kind of ask the question so we can get this out of the way? And so the judge had to ask the question of E. Jean Carroll on the stand because Alina Haba couldn't get her words out. Like I've, I've, I've literally never seen that been in the legal industry for 20 years, folks. I've never seen a judge have to do that because the defendant's lawyer was just unable to articulate her thoughts. You know, you kind of have to have a framework, by the way, when you go to trial, like, you know what you're going to ask this person. Most of the time, those questions are written out. You may not be reading directly off, but you've written them out in advance. You've memorized them. You know them. She clearly didn't, didn't prep for this trial at all. Like, I don't think she prepped one bit and her performance kind of lends credence to my theory there. But on Wednesday, she once again tried to ask the judge, judge, we got to, we got to postpone the trial. Trump's got to go to his mother-in-law's funeral on Thursday. And the judge said, no, he said, you know, the application's denied. I will hear no further argument on it. Those were his exact words. So after saying, I will hear no further argument on it, Alina Haba continued to argue it to which judge Kaplan had to respond. None. Do you understand that word? Sit down. You don't want to piss off the judge like that. Trust me. And then one time she made an objection and judge Kaplan said, Ms. Haba, when you speak in this courtroom or any other courtroom, you'll stand up. That's, that's also common knowledge. Like even people who didn't go to law school, like Alina Haba did know that when you want to make an objection or you want to speak in court, you have to get out of your damn chair. She was too lazy to even do that. She's like, Hey, uh, objection judge. Like, yes, stand up. Then <laughs> on Wednesday, <laughs> E. Jean Carroll's lawyers were trying to get ahead of the defense. So they asked her, you know, Hey, there's a lot of right-wingers out there who think George Soros is paying your legal bills. And at that point, Alina Haba actually did stand up 
she objected and she said, Hey, we were going to ask her that question. And the judge said, the last I heard Ms. Haba, I do not need announcements from counsel about what they intend to do. He then once again told her to sit down. By the way, it's not an actual legal objection if the other side asked the question that you wanted to ask. Like, Haba had no room to to object to that question. She's like, Your Honor, I was going to ask that. Oh my God, the incompetence is off the chart. Then on Thursday, Alina Haba was talking to E. Jean Carroll, well, questioning her, not talking to her, questioning her on the stand. She asked like, oh, you did a lot of interviews after the first uh, verdict, right? And E. Jean Carroll's like, I did five. She's like, and those were left-leaning media outlets. Carroll's lawyers objected to that, which was sustained by the way, by Judge Kaplan. Judge Kaplan said, nope, you cannot ask the, you know, the political leanings of the websites or, or groups that she gave interviews to. And then a lot, Alina Haba, after having the objection sustained, told she couldn't ask that question. Do you know what she did? You can probably guess. She asked the same question again. She said they were left leaning. Now the judge literally just told you, you can't ask that because it's irrelevant. And she turns around and asks it again. And the judge said, did you not hear me? So the judge repeatedly over the last three days of this trial has had to get consistently, routinely, repeatedly pissed off because Alina Haba, I don't want to just say that she's breaking the rules or she's ignoring his rulings. I genuinely think she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. She is in over her head. Yes, she has gotten famous from it. And I think that is what she wanted. But in terms of a long, healthy legal career, I think Alina Haba's finished. She'll have a place in right-wing media for sure. Now, she's not going to be hurting for money, but she's damn sure not going to be making money by representing people in court, even just based on the last three days, let alone all the other cases for Trump that she's lost. This one, this is putting her in the spotlight as one of the worst lawyers, in my opinion, in this entire country. Possibly the worst there's ever been. Democrats in both the House and the Senate are demanding that the IRS do something about a right-leaning group called the Patriot Freedom Project. The Patriot Freedom Project is registered as a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And the reason this group exists is to help cover the legal fees and other, you know, issues with the people arrested for participating in the Capitol riot. And, you know, you can launch a legal defense fund, a nonprofit legal defense fund for anybody you want, whether you agree or disagree with the causes. So there's nothing illegal about this group forming to raise money for these people's legal defenses. What might be illegal, according to the Democrats in the House and Senate, however, is the fact that because they are registered as a 501c3 nonprofit, which means they are not taxed at all, local, state, federal levels, no taxes, but they are expressly prohibited from engaging in politics in any way. 
They cannot endorse a candidate. They cannot conspire with a candidate. They cannot work with candidates. Yet this group has repeatedly, routinely endorsed Donald Trump to the point where they have even held events in their name, not just attended, they put on events at Trump properties where they endorse Donald Trump. Uh, let me read this. This is what Cynthia Hughes, the founder and president of the Patriot Freedom Project, uh, said one time. When you go to the ballot box, don't worry about what you hear in the media. Worry about what's right for this country. And the only thing that's right for this country is this Jim. And she pointed over to Donald Trump, who was with her. That was at an event that Patriot Freedom Project put on at Donald Trump's Bedminster golf course. So she explicitly endorsed Donald Trump as the president of this organization, a nonprofit prohibited from engaging in politics. They put on the event. They brought out the presidential candidate and she endorsed him on stage and encouraged people to vote for him. That alone, like there, there doesn't even need to be an investigation from the IRS. The IRS needs to say, oh, okay, cool. You, you violated the law. Therefore you're not tax exempt. So not only do you have to start paying taxes, but you actually also have to pay taxes on every dollar you have raised since your inception. Because by the way, that is the penalty. If you lose your tax exempt status, it doesn't just start right then it's retroactive. So this group would lose tons of money if the IRS makes that very easy decision. And by the way, that's not the only time NPR put together this huge list of all the times when this group has clearly violated those laws. Um, listen to this in December, 2022, the Patriot Freedom Project held an open house event where a senior advisor to Trump's Save America Political Action Committee, as well as Trump himself, spoke. That same month, Trump's PAC donated $10,000 to the Patriot Freedom Project. So right there, you're looking at a little, you know, crisscross happening here. Also not okay. In June 2023, the Patriot Freedom Project held an event at Trump National Golf Club, Bedminster. Video of the event shows that Trump gave a speech in which he said, we're going to win an election in 2024. As Hughes... Uh, and board member Ed Martin applauded. Another speaker at the event said, we have to, we have got to reelect president Trump into the white house. So they put on an event that was nothing more than a campaign rally for Donald Trump illegal. Later that summer in August, 2023, the Patriot freedom project held another event at Trump national golf club, Bedminster, where Hughes encouraged people to vote for Trump and Trump also spoke. At a, an event to mark the third anniversary of the attack on January 6th of this year, 2024, the group featured a speech from pro-Trump attorney who said, we need to keep the momentum strong behind President Trump in the 2024 election. Photos and video of the event show a large table featuring a Trump 2024 flag alongside flags depicting Trump as Superman and Captain America. On the social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter, the group's official account has also veered into promoting and attacking political candidates. The group's official account posted the hashtag Trump 2024 three times. One post from their official account stated, we need to take down multiple rhinos in Congress running for reelection. The account attacked the Democratic governor of New York and added, vote these radical outs, uh, radicals out. And the group reposted messages from the official campaign account for a convicted January 6th defendant now running for Congress. What more needs to be said? This group is violating the law. They are clearly engaged in politics. 
So the Democrats in the House and the Senate, as I said, they're right to call for an investigation, but we don't need an investigation. NPR actually just did the investigation for you. Like just send them a link to the article and say, IRS, do your thing. You're owed tax money. Let's go ahead and get it, right? They probably won't. I hate to sound so defeatist about this. I mean, even in the, the, the face of such obvious evidence against them, the IRS won't do anything. Do you know why? Because what's going to happen if the IRS takes away this group's tax exempt status? Republicans are going to go bonkers. They're going to say that this is more politicization from the Biden White House. The Biden administration made the IRS do this, blah, 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 blah. The IRS is afraid of that. Just like the DOJ is afraid to take on corporations because then the corporations may not give money to our party anymore. It's pathetic. All of these regulatory agencies in Washington, D.C., and that includes the IRS, are just completely spineless at the top. They won't do what needs to be done, even when it's very obvious that the people they're supposed to be looking at are clearly violating the rules. So I don't think anything at all is going to happen to the Patriot Freedom Project. There's been a lot of talk recently about Donald Trump's cognitive health and even, by the way, at this moment, his physical health. Uh, More on that, by the way, coming up tomorrow. But Donald Trump's cognitive health has been called into question in recent months due to the fact that he keeps forgetting where he is. He keeps saying things that are just blatantly not true, like Biden's going to get us into World War II. Uh, He has repeatedly said that he's running against Barack Obama, which obviously isn't a thing. Uh, he gets distracted easily. He starts talking about things like flypaper and fruit flies and whatnot. And so even the daily mail, by the way, this week did a huge report on Donald Trump's overall declining health and Trump knows this. So Trump always tries to go out there and tell us that he's the only mentally competent person running for president. And he did it again on Wednesday evening in New Hampshire. And he did it by bragging that he aced that roughly 10 minute cognitive exam that he took four years ago. He took a test four years ago at the doctor's office. Again, it was like a 10 minute test and he's still bragging about it to this day. And it gets even weirder because Donald Trump told the crowd that he aced the test because he knew what a whale looks like. This is what Donald Trump said. I took it and I aced it. I think it was 35, 30 questions. And let me tell you, you know, they always show you the first one, a giraffe, a tiger, or a whale. Which one is the whale? And guess who knew which one a whale was? This guy. He was able to tell, like, he had a picture of a giraffe, a tiger, and a whale. And I'm like, which one's the whale? And Donald Trump nailed it, man. He didn't even hesitate, right? He knew immediately. He's like, well, I know that whales do not have long necks and spots, so we can rule out the giraffe. I know that they do not have stripes and they are not orange, so we can rule out Tigger. So it must be the final one, the one with the fins and flippers. That is clearly a whale. I'm the smartest man alive. I, you can't argue with that logic, right? I mean, 
You could probably ask a three-year-old in this country, like, hey, what's a giraffe, what's a tiger, and what's a whale? And by the way, not only could they probably identify each one, they'd even be able to tell you what a tiger says. You know, they got the little speak and spell or see and say, whatever it's called again. So I don't know, man. Donald Trump, can you tell us what sound a tiger makes? You know, maybe they ought to add that to the test. I don't know if he could do it. The tiger says, make America great again. <laughs> um, this is very stupid. And Donald Trump is very stupid because here's the thing. This test, again, a roughly 10 minute test is just designed to see if the test taker is suffering from any kind of, you know, early stage dementia or anything like that. Okay. This isn't even the like full blown test where it says, you know, draw this specific time with the hands on the clock. This is just to see if we need to take the clock test. And he's bragging about it four years later. I mean, could he take the same test today and pass it? Does he still know what a whale looks like? I don't know. But imagine it's not an IQ test either. Like that's what gets me about it. You're out there talking about how smart you are because you know which one the whale is. Again, congratulations. You're at least at the mental capacity of a three-year-old in the United States. So good job there, Donald. But that's not exactly something that I would be bragging about, especially as you continue to forget where you are, you forget who you're running against, and you wake up every night in the middle of the night and put out deranged, nonsensical posts on Truth Social. So if we're just basing this on the evidence we see today, not a test you took behind closed door four years ago, I'm going to say that it may be time to retake that test. I don't think he could pass it this time. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.